From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go. Because this is Warriors Anonymous. Kia ora. Welcome to Warriors Anonymous, episode number 17. My name is G. I'm joined by the boys. I had a real good intro, like kind of drafted up in my head on uh, Saturday or Sunday morning. And uh, that was just really uh, blown out of the water because we didn't actually win the game. So uh, so that just ruins my whole intro. Uh, so now I have none. But welcome along anyway. We've got the boys. We've got Isaac Soss. Hey, boys. Also got Monita Soss. Kia ora. And Daniel Farakura. Hi, guys. <laughs> oh. Daniel, you sound a bit a bit flat oh. like the uh, Channel Nine commentators of our loss against the Broncos, bro. <laughs> how, how you oh. feeling, man? No, I'm okay. I, I I know we had penciled in the opportunity to to run this podcast pretty much straight after the game, and we were all sort of buoyant and upbeat that would be live reaction. Um, <laughs> and as soon as the whistle went, I don't think I spoke a word for about an hour and a half. I definitely ate a massive packet of chips and had like a, a food coma afterwards, just yeah. trying to trying to forget. Yeah. I actually went to sleep thinking about the game. That's how much it hit me hard. Eh? Oh. I was like thinking about it going, if only, if only. Oh no. Were you in bed like eating a tub of ice cream as well, were you bro? Or? <laughs> nah, just watching uh, Red Tube. Nice game. <laughs> Hey, whatever, it, uh, you know, take the, take the pain away, you know. <laughs> that premium content. Exactly. If you, yeah, if you need some pillow talk, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, 24 to 22, the Broncos <laughs> tipped up our Warriors. We were looking to make it a four-game winning streak, but we fell uh, just short. We outscored them five tries to four, but uh, they outkicked us, unfortunately. Um, poor old Reese had a bit of a bit of a wobbly day with the boot. And it happens to everyone, but... Um, Probably just bad timing. Isaac, what did you think of uh, of the game itself, right? It was a um, good game to watch, but I thought Brisbane probably had the ascendancy for most of that game. I was just kind of waiting for the moment for the Warriors to explode, and they, I think they left it too late, to be honest. And mm. yeah, I, I think I've been rattling it off in the uh, in the Facebook page, but I thought Payne Haas was, was probably the difference in that game. And him yeah. and Ed Flegler, if you go back and watch the game, Flegler was pretty menacing, his front row partner. Yeah, those two just set it up for, for the Broncos. And for Milford to bloody have a fucking decent game out of all the games this year that he's played, he decides to have a stunner against us. So what do you know? Yeah, like they're uh, largely unwanted game winners in the form of Milford and also Xavier Coates decided to, you know, just cause us a whole bunch of problems. And it's like, oh, geez, that's, that's some timing for you. Moneta, I was impressed by, you know, we were we were down early and we could have been down by more, to be fair. Um, I really liked how we just hung in the fight, even though we were, you know, behind the eight ball. What did you like from our boys? I'll be honest, the first 20 minutes I thought, yeah, we, we were pretty structured, you know. We stuck with our structures, no drop balls really, not many. And uh, we started to kick it in into the latter 20. And so, yeah, that, that was a good thing, but... I, I did think, and it, it did kind of annoy me just a little bit, was that I didn't think we utilised Walsh quite well enough in the first 20 minutes because we actually had the upper hand in the first 20 minutes and we didn't really capitalise on it. 
And I thought we were quite, I'm not trying to sound, <laughs> but uh, I did think. Uh, <laughs> He's <laughs> been uh, cut off by the producers. Uh, Luke, <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> it looks like one of those uh, laptop might have uh, just run out a bit of juice there. Uh, <laughs> wonder if he's going to rejoin us in a couple of seconds, maybe with a just plug Did it he, in and uh, have a sheepish oh, look on the screen. There we go. Is he back? Let's cut the cut the dance. Pretend to be frozen. Pretend to be frozen. My computer started to um <laughs> now you guys <laughs> I can see because uh, something the shadow was flickering in the background for a UG like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Stop playing your nostrils, G. Jesus Christ. <laughs> as soon as I was talking, um my computer decided to do a restart, so that pisses me off a bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what did I say? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh the, it was about um the kicking game. Yeah, so the kicking game, we kept on doing aerial kicks, but I thought we could have done a few grubbers every now and then just to get them in their own in goal line. But uh, apart from that, I thought Hiku was amazing. Like, oh, uh, it's going to be sad to see him go. Masala Montoya, just keep him there. Don't yeah. ever take him out. And uh, I thought Aiken, again, showed his worth in second row. Yeah, and... Um, I can't fault really anything. The question I have is over the halves uh, in Chad Towson. That's been a commonly asked mm-hmm. question on a lot of the um, Warriors fan pages, including our one. Daniel, what were your thoughts on the pros and cons of bringing Chad back after we had developed a bit of momentum with Chanel and SOS running the, the show? Um, yeah, what were your thoughts on that, bro? Yeah, it was, I guess, an interesting call early in the week when uh, Moneta broke that news to the group. And to be honest, I thought pre-game, uh, it didn't phase me. But once we got in the game and there were times, especially when Chad decided to dummy a couple, found himself in some space, and then the ball got knocked out of his hand. And, and I just looked at that and I went, oh, we're just not creating enough there. And then towards the latter end of the game, I didn't think his kicking game was that effective. So the reasons to bring him in to be the game-controlling half I didn't see him game control the, the game. So it's like, well, what's the point? And then when you think about it, in hindsight, you know, fantastic, all great, you know, probably should have started O'Sullivan. But I also thought that the first 20 minutes, we had the slight ascendancy in the game in areas, but we just were so conservative. You know, last week against the Dogs, we came out of a cannon. You know, we were throwing balls. And then, you know, when we got the chance, the breakaways, we got the chance O'Sullivan was actually masterminding the the attack there. So I think in the balance of things, easier to say because we lost the game, that, you know, it probably was a bit of a unfair call. But I think it's one of those like analogies where I've bought a, like a four hybrid golf club, cost me 400 bucks. I've got a perfectly okay five wood in my bag. It does a great job, you know, and it's handy and reliable. But I bought this brand new club thinking it would be a miracle club. Every time I hit it, I shank it. So it's kind of like I'll go with the expensive item rather than the old trusty, solid, reliable. Yeah, perhaps the Warriors uh, decided to to use their more, more marquee man in that situation. Yeah. yeah, I didn't agree with it as soon as I heard it. You know, we'd just talked in the, on the last podcast about how I liked his direct play and then how I thought he let CHT do his thing. Mm. I think that's what I said last podcast. And wouldn't you know it, they bring Townsend in the attack looks pretty different. 
And CHT doesn't have the best of games either. I thought he was pretty mm. ineffectual. And that, that directness of running at the line, that was gone. Townsend, the times when he knocked the ball on or, you know, just... Going across, just eh? sort of, Yeah, just going across. But Sullivan would have, would have straightened that up. The only thing pre-game is like, okay, if we're bringing him in, then we're going to get four or five set restarts. We're going to put pressure on the Broncos. We're going to control them so that we'll just build pressure and tie them out and we'll win. You know, we'll win that way, but we couldn't do that. So it's like, well, you played that card for Chad to do that and it didn't work. What we did miss out on was, you know, and it just so Sullivan's, you know, he's not the best half going around technically, but he plays with a lot of heart and as you're right, you know, he, yeah, two things. It was his fucking birthday as well. <laughs> Give the brother a start. And, <laughs> and the other part is that, you know, Chad's not the long term. Sullivan, I think, is still valuable to be in the mm. team next year. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Obviously, they interviewed him as well uh, on the sideline. And Fitler, what a fucking dick. He's like, uh, Are you uh, worried about Sean Johnson coming to yeah. the club next year? It's like, and he answered it awesomely, the young fella. And he wants yeah, to learn. He wants well. to play with some great players as well. So, anyway, um, it is what it is. I can't change that, man. But yeah, I mm. think personally, and Isaac was a bit of a believer. I was kind of 50 50, but definitely thought, you know, now Sullivan should have, should have started. Uh, in relation to the Chad Townsend inclusion, and that being um, because he was in the team and we also had Chanel Harris-Tavita as well. Moneta, I'll put this to you, bro. Do you think that at some point they should have maybe thought about taking the kicking duties off Reese, knowing that he was, you know, not going well? Mm, that's a hard one, eh? Because he's such a, um, he's still young, eh? And if you take it away from it, it may have dented his confidence during his, uh, in his normal play, and, you know, not just in his kicking game. So it's a hard one. And I think what he can take away from it, you know, it's a lesson for the young man. You know, you heard about the fact that after the game he was crying, he took it quite hard. Everything was on his shoulders and he'll just learn from it, you know, and it's a hard one. Think about it, we did actually score more tries than the Broncos did, yeah. right? And um, so you take that away. And so, yeah, I mean, ideally would have loved to get those kicks, but uh, I mean, even before the previous games, he was actually kicking quite well. Yeah, yeah, he but, could, he could awesome last week. Like, yeah, yeah, and, last, but there, there comes times when you just aren't striking the ball. There was a couple of kicks on his not so good side. Yes, the kicking shape isn't conducive. Like he's not kicking it inside out. Yeah, you know, we have some some kickers can kick it inside out as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe, but then the funny thing is, so funny is maybe Townsend was next man up, and I I did hear he might have had like a slight complaint. Uh, on his thigh, but I don't know if you recall early in the season, the Sharks lost a game because he was like one from five. Yeah. As and well. that's what yeah. cost him his job, basically. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, who else? So, I think Pompey was the only other option. CHT. CHT is an 80% kicker. How come he's not kicking? Because he's a gun maybe, kicker. Maybe it's because he's got dodgy broken leg this year. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, they, gave the, like- they gave the keys to, to Walshie, so... I'd like to see Walsh not have the kicking duties just because there's so much on his plate already. You know, he's got a lot of responsibility in that team. He's got a lot of pressure on him already. I'd like to see CHT take the kicking because, one, he's a good kicker and he has kicked under pressure and done well and maybe give CHT a bit more responsibility and, you know, help him build his confidence in-game. But to that point, Reese Walsh actually wants the ball. Like, he's one of the few players that just wants the ball. He wants to win the game every chance. So he has that attitude already at, like, what, 19? So every opportunity, he'll try to win the game. He'll try, you know, like that run from dummy half 
you know, some of our forwards, you know, we weren't making much headway from our own 30. And then he just makes that bursting run from dummy half. And he's, yeah, that dummy half. He's just got that winning attitude. And so he's was one awesome. of those guys that, that, that was awesome. That was awesome. Mm. One part of me thought, though, if that was Roger, and no disrespect to him, and that, but I thought Roger would have maximised that opportunity. And I think we'll talk about it later, but I think we where we missed out opportunities, Montoya and, and Dallin get the set going, man. I think we needed to capitalise on that anyway. So, perhaps Miss Roger. Point, though, I think Isaac was right about Sullivan. I didn't realise how much I missed them. <laughs> when, what? Like we didn't, we wouldn't have our direct play. Like, it's like I remember Sullivan always run like he'd run sides and then turn direct and then pass it off on support play like someone like Katoa or like Karen or whatever. We didn't have that. Like you we'd have yeah. uh, Tarzan just running sideways, but nothing direct. Yeah. Kind yeah. of the funny thing is now that everyone actually says his name properly, O'Sullivan, because they actually yeah. like him. They used to just call him Sullivan or... And I think you said it last week too there, Dan, in the last podcast, you know, you thought SOS was Rocks of Diamonds. I think we could have used some Rocks of Diamonds against Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. You know, we needed a chance there, man. We needed a chance hustle. there. Hustle, man. He's got hustle. Yeah. yeah. And Nathan Brown said we played boring the first 20 minutes. Like I read yeah. it, he's like, we played so conservative. I don't know what was going on. But that's because you had, had you had your game manager in the air like that. Yeah, you had a conservative game plan. And there's yes. one other thing I'd like to say about the Townsend thing. This will be the last one. There's the first 20 minutes, I thought the Broncos attacked his side of the field quite a lot. And I think they were testing out his shoulder. And what SOS has over him is his defense is staunch as. And I don't think they would have played that way with O'Sullivan in the lineup. Mm. Mm. It was profound. <laughs> <laughs> Scrappy do. No one's going to even know when they listen back to this podcast because they it. Uh, it was quite a journey to get to that point. <laughs> 10 minutes in the making. <laughs> Thinking of which, we are on a journey ourselves. So we're just going to take a little bit of a pit stop and uh, just get refreshed and come back for the second half of Warriors Anonymous. Catch you in about three seconds. My point lost all its impetus. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just cut that whole point out. <laughs> no. We don't, we don't need it in no. the <laughs> Welcome back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that little rest. We're back on Warriors Anonymous to cover some more hot topics. Moneta, you've brought up a very, very good topic during the break. You mentioned about uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita and also Reese Walsh getting confused by officials, uh, commentators, and also bunker people as well. So, bro, what was your take on that? Bloody stupid. Like, how many times can you mix up, like, Walsh and, like, CHT? CHT is the taller one. Okay, I can see how they mix it up. They've got very similar haircuts. <laughs> Same kind of like um, skin colour and everything like that. But still, the video ref had watched the same thing over and over again. And you could obviously see that Reese Walsh was in the background while CHT was running into the field of play. And this is like, what's going on? But um, yeah, but they are developing a bit of a bond, you can tell, from last week's game, how Walsh came in and uh, defended his brother from another mother. And so... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Broncos stay the fuck out of the way and we keep Walsh. But I did see that rumour on that Warriors Till I Die page about Walsh announcing something in the next three days. 
And I hope it's fucking not true. Rumors. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for adding to our week of woe, bro. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, um, actually, just on that, when you mentioned about, um, you know, Chanel trying to get back into the field of play and losing control of the ball, I actually thought that was a try to, to Brisbane. Yeah. I yeah. thought that uh, was it Herbie Fun was whoever it was. Yeah. I thought he had teabagged a try. Yeah. Um, but is it? <laughs> Is, is it not in the rules? Like you can't score from your groin? <laughs> ball on ball. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the rule from what the commentators were saying was that it was the torso. That's all it had to be was the torso top of the ball. Right. And so I did think it was a try too. And I was like, fuck, it's a try. And somehow we got no, it. But I think the thing is that he wasn't intentionally trying to place the ball down, was he? Plant the ball, yeah. He wasn't planting. Unless, well... Depends what he was giving it a bit of a thrust. I mean, he did. You know, there was a thrust last week. Did you see that? Was it Mulatalo's thrust last week? <laughs> yeah. 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 Balls against balls. That yes. was that was actually yeah. Um, that was with force uh, too. That was a report for that, eh? Yeah, close to six innuendos. That was bump and grind right there from Mulatalo. That was bump and grind. Pillow talk, yeah. But like the the classic league rule, right? They probably deserved a try for that in terms of like, so Chechen blows the whistle because he's a knock on. So, like, where the fuck is the play on scenario, right? I love that about league because the league is just makes its own rules up as well, you know. So, don't, like, you know, let's all face it: a drop ball is an instant knock-on nine times out of ten. It is. Sometimes it's not. But, yeah, league is special. We love it. We love it. But the rules, eh? They get a bit hairy at points. But uh, Isaac, what was your thoughts on the? Uh, well, a player who's had a lot of spotlight on him throughout the season, um, Wade Egan. Yeah. His passing was good. It just would have been nice to see him run a bit more. There was times when we had a good quick play of the ball. He looks like he's going to run, and then he slows up and he passes it. And I think it's just the wrong time to do that sort of thing. He just needed, you know, Reese Walsh or maybe even CHT, somebody to get into dummy half and just dart right out of there because it, it works. It worked in the game. And I thought Egan, he'd get his nose up. He'd look, he'd start to go and go, nah, I don't have this. Well, he just needs to just keep going forward and just keep getting the quick play of the ball going. But his passing was good and his um his overall game was pretty good. But just a dummy half running leaves something to be desired. He set up a nice try for um, Curran. It was, it was nearly bunty on the play before, but then he found Curran again and uh, that looked good. Mm. But I guess I was kind of disappointed because when Curran scored his try, I thought, we're on here. We're going to kick on and, and take them down. They just got... Down to the ball, we got lucky, right? Like there were just those couple of those kicks, and you know they competed, and I think we we oh. awesome scrambling D. They didn't. They so didn't what was look. What BWZ like, doing? Oh my god! Sorry, just they didn't. Me. They didn't look likely to score in a structured play. Yeah, you know, and don't get me wrong, they were causing stuff, and they almost did. I mean, Hiku, Hiku turned over uh, Milf over the line mm. as well, and it looked, he was amazing too. He looked really good as well. Yeah, but, Hiku was amazing. But, yeah. but that was sort of again broken, you know, like when it came to structure, yeah. we, we we rolled down, we made a break, we rolled down the field, we went yeah. one side to the other side and scored in the corner. So that was yeah. like, that's actually like, when you think about it, really pleasing. It's like, okay, you know, we we outstripped them for numbers. We were smart. We made the kind of, we made the bust and then we, we counted the numbers and we went one way 
and we just, you know, yeah. scored easy tries. So it's just, to be honest, it's freakish, right? You know, like the Albert Kelly try, balls bumbling along and they get through. The Milford try again, second kicks and stuff. Like, yeah. One aspect you can't game manage, game manage that. Can you plan for that? But I mean, I, I, I kind of think we didn't do the year uh, justice in terms of the aerial game on defense. But yeah, because it looked like there was a period where we didn't even want to catch the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I was quite annoyed with DWZ, like, when that ball bounced. I get it. Yeah, but, like, it was almost like he was, like, just stood there not coming running onto the ball in terms of when that Albert Kelly got the ball and just ran straight past him and scored the try. Yeah, but the ball was bouncing. Like, the ball was... It, it bounced the ball, around me. The ball was bouncing yeah. around. It was just a day where the ball goes wacky, yeah. uh, you know. Was and, like, and, like, I think nine times out of ten we win that game without those, I wouldn't say freakish, but they're just pretty opportunistic tries against us. We we did the hard work to stop them. But again, just like we had previous games, it was just accumulation of small things that we didn't nail. And I think when we had momentum, they kick out on the full, we come back to halfway, and then we don't find touch to go try after try, you know, like in the first half, you know, when you know Reese Walsh kick, tries to bite off 40 metres and he turns the ball over. So we lose momentum. You know, things like that, it just killed us. We didn't have enough momentum. Yeah. Mm. One guy who I think has got a great name in the Broncos, Selwyn Cobbo. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> when I heard that name, I was like, damn, that's, that's a name, which is a very smooth segue on my part, uh, trying to get to say my name, say my name for this week, because I'm going to feature a guy who I'm going to own up. I, I threw a photo of his onto the Warriors Anonymous Facebook page <laughs> with a little bit of a gag about Soul Glow because I saw this photo of him and I thought Soul Glow and I was like, that'd be funny, I'll put it on the page. Um, but then one of the um, one of our <laughs> lovely members was like, bro, what's up with this? <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to put him on uh, Say My Name, Say My Name this week. So, so I better damn well do it. Um, so that uh, player's name, well, incorrectly is pronounced as Sicily Tupanua of the Sydney Roosters. And his name is his Tongan name. So we've got some real harsh sounding consonant sounds in there, fellas. So we'll start with Satili. If you, if you can kind of turn the T into a D sort of sound, that's what we need. So it's actually Sidili. Sidili. Not Satili. And then his surname is Dubol Nua. Dubol Nua. Yeah. Dubol so yeah, you hit that T like it's a D again. Dubol. Dubol. Uh, I know uh, certain Tongan people who have been like, it's not how you say his name. So um, so this is how you do say his name. Sidili Dubol Nua. Sidili Dubol Nua. Sidili Dubol Nua. Sidili Dubol Nua. Here we go. Educational as always on Warriors Anonymous. Do we want to have a look around the other results of the, the round? Because... No, because season's over. Nah. <laughs> this is the last oh, podcast for the year. It's going to be an interesting one, even just seeing where the Warriors will even be based next year. I don't want to trigger too many of our listeners, but you know, I guess everyone's pretty aware of the situation COVID-wise, you know, um, Australia and New Zealand. It's in a bit of a sort of spot at the moment. So I know next season, you know, it's a good sort of six months away from here. But Isaac, if you were a gambling man, what would you be betting on, like in terms of where we would be based? Uh, well, as a gambling man, I would say we'd probably be based out of Australia with the COVID situation in both countries, uh, but more so in Australia. To be honest, it just makes sense, and it's just going to make things pretty tough again for the Warriors. I mean, they'll be used to it by now, but 
that being said, can you ever get used to it? You want to go home, right? Mm. These poor fellas, probably a pretty big reason why you're seeing the results out of the Warriors for the past two years is just this level of um, uncertainty. Good point. You just get yeah. from normal life alone, let alone being a professional rugby player. Mm. Um, to keep some continuity, they'll probably park him in Australia again, but it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough if that does happen next year. Yeah. Because, I mean, even there are a bunch of players who still haven't even been to New Zealand, eh? Like, mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. signed on this year and they're like, oh, yeah, cool, good New Zealand Warriors and just, you know, live in Australia for two years, which is <clears throat> not exactly how they sort of had planned it. But anyways, Daniel, what are you thinking about, you know, Nathan Brown in terms of uh, his coaching and his work-ons for the next couple of weeks, but, you know, I guess more so for next year? Yeah, I was actually quite impressed with his assessment of the game from a, well, not impressed, but like he summed up the game in the press conference reasonably well. So you've got to think first season doesn't know a lot of the players. The preseason was split to half in Australia, half in New Zealand. It's well documented the issues they've had, the injuries they had, the recruitment they had as well. So actually, when you think about it, they actually look pretty settled for next year in terms of the playing group. So look, it's only really positives, I think, if Brownie can do his work. I mean, next year will be, I'd say the proof will be in the pudding. You know, top eight will have to be a minimum expectation. And I think you've got the squad to do that. This will be where he can actually get in and and grow the players, especially those young ones. And, look, and I think the opportunity is to, I wouldn't say play the kids, but, you know, just think about the future of the club. Chad Townsend doesn't need to play for the next couple of games. He, he clearly busted his shoulder. He's got his money. There's no point. Let O'Sullivan drive that. Rocco Berry's back, I think. Gemin in there. Let's just play players in form, eh? And not worry too much about, yeah, just trying to pe- patch together a team to get through the end of the year. Moneta, we've got a, well, a pretty short turnaround now. We played the last game on Sunday and then uh, coming up this week, we're going to be playing like the, you know, the first game on Friday night. So, Will that benefit us like as a short turnaround, like a short memory kind of thing? Or will the physical toll, do you think, be a little bit of a pain? We haven't came away for the game with any major injuries, eh? But I did see Curran Perhaps come Curran, off by yeah. wobbly. Mm. Do you guys know how he how he's tracking? Or I just heard he's in doubt that based on like the early, you know how there's like an NRL scout report. But okay. no, I don't know for sure. Don't definitely don't know for sure. Don't quote uh, me. But he was uh, really I, wobbly, I, eh? Yeah, yeah. I don't think the short turnaround will impact us too much. I mean I think the guys are pretty much used to it. I think it was more just for any more injuries to the squad. The injuries have been kind of mounting and so forth and the consistency in terms of the team we're putting up, they were starting to impact us. And that's what makes the Sullivan and Chad Townsend thing a bit more crazy when I bring that point up. And um, But yes, um, I, I think we'll be fine on Friday. And it's about time we play on the Friday. It seems like we always play on the Sunday. So um, yeah, we're playing on prime time. And so that's good. I like it when we play on Sundays because then if they lose, then it doesn't wreck your whole weekend. Oh no, it's hard for me because it's uh, I've got I've got to take care of the kids and watch the game, and then it's like <laughs> at eight o'clock I could just sit down and watch in this go. Yes, and then digest. <laughs> but I, I I think we could take a lot from this game, even though it was such a close game, and I was utterly disappointed. We showed that you know when we actually play for the ball, we can score tries, and so I think. What you'll see in the next game is that we'll actually chance our arm a bit more and we'll actually, you know, play some like maybe vintage Warriors footy. And I'm really hoping we, we start to do that because that's when I think we are at our best. Well, that's, the thing that, that's the thing that annoyed me is that we did that against the dogs. And, you know, apart from, a, you know, a couple of last passes and a few touches here and there, we really should have put 40 on them. 
For sure. And I, and I feel like we didn't try that again. We went back to too conservative. And then, you know, the baseline for us is pretty good, though. I think we have the ability to score points and it yeah. was just freakish tries. So um, yeah. I think we also get Lodge back this week, too. Yeah. So that'll I mean, help. Yeah. That'll help, Cause, eh? Like, yeah. Because I thought the forwards played awesome. I thought Bunty made a couple of good breaks. Uh, Katoa, you know, ran really direct. AFB, awesome as usual. 200-odd running metres? Holy hell. Yeah. But um, again, it was just down – I guess it was our halves, you know, um, just how yeah, we – Yeah, we didn't attack when we needed to attack, yeah. you know, off off the good of – you know, off good momentum. But we were a bit conservative. We didn't offload at all, really. Yeah. And, and I think we do, you know, no disrespect to Bunt here, I do rate him, but I think there is a big drop-off between Lodge and AFB and then our next wave of, of our middles. That oh, Penny Murphy was a bit – Nah, to be honest with you, sorry. He's lost his way and I think, He's you lost know. his confidence, hey, that boy. Yeah. Might, might get out of the kind of rotation because, we, you know, we've got a few good back rowers now. But I think we get um that Aaron Penne played for the Storm on Friday night. He looks quite good, actually. You know, he's got big lankies, physical. He's got good uh, leg speed. He get, finds his front as well, so he can play the ball quickly. So you add him into the mix. That's going to be helpful. The big thing for... And I think I think next year as well is yeah I'm just not sure around the style of that hooker fourteen role how that's all going to play out. I think different teams have different ways of doing it, right? Like obviously the Melbourne Storm have the Harry Grant on the cheese factor, right? Which is just amazing. But how much do their game players off the back of that? And then you've got other teams like perhaps that guy uh, the Manly team. It's more distribution as well. So I think we're just a bit undecided what way we play. Isaac, for the next game, would you be looking maybe for us to bring Cody back into that 14th man and have him playing, you know, in combo with Wade? Yep, definitely get Cody back in there. Just a little bit of speed around the ruck. I know he doesn't like to get tackled, but he's going to have to get tackled at some point. So it'll be good to see someone darting from dummy half. And hopefully he would have been watching the game and seeing what Reese Walsh can do because he's got the ability to do something similar as well, when there's some quick play of the ball, you know, a little bit of a broken line. Just I think just because def- the defence, like the energy that they have to be on their guard in the middle, where maybe Egan, they don't. I mean, Egan is, plays the Cameron Smith mastery, you know, pulls players in as well, which is which is all good. Don't get me wrong. But I think when it comes to the defensive energy, when, you, when Cody's there and it's 55 minutes in the game and he comes on fresh, like... He's scaring those big that, that second, second middles, you know, like it's obviously they're the no disrespect, but they're not the the starting middles. So you think, you know, that they're, they're scared to miss a tackle or be caught out. So yeah. definitely takes a bit of defensive energy, eh? Which then hopefully opens up things in the in the battle oh, game. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's um they don't have to think about waiting and running because he's not gonna do it. So <laughs> you're not having to run those scenarios through your head on defense. You know, with Wade Egan on the field, you just got to kind of watch where he's yeah. to bring the ball. Um, <laughs> if he does run, he looks like he's running on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a little thing with his distribution game I've noticed, though, is that he does take a couple of steps across and, and then he'll pass the ball when it's obviously not the time to do it. Just gun it from dummy half, even if you make six or seven and not many meters, but just keeping that speed up, the momentum going forward. Yeah, that, apparently Young Hook is back as well. He's available for selection. Daniela. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. So and he, he actually played really well last time as well. So got a few options, I think, up our, up our sleeves. 
But the Raiders aren't going to be easy, man. Like, we can't get into an arm wrestle with them. We're going to have to throw it out wide. Yeah, plus they'll, they'll be you're looking to square the ledger a little bit after that. Last time we beat them. Um, How good was that game? <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be still, you know, they'll be like, okay, we've got some uh, some make to do here. Every time anything got, involves Ricky Stewart losing, I love it. <laughs> shooter. <laughs> Poor old Shooter. All right, boys, we've got we to jet on out of here because uh, oh, really? it's out of time. So uh, we'll do our farewells. Monitor. See you later. Go the Warriors. <laughs> love that. <laughs> And Isaac, we can still make the top eight. Go the Warriors. I like that, Faith. I like it. Let's hang in there, fellas. And Daniel. Uh, thanks for everyone's support this season so far. I'll see you back in 2022. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, no, just, we're still going. Just a reminder, we will be back next week. <laughs> well, <let's take> <laughs> we haven't been cancelled yet. We haven't been cancelled. Yeah. I've been tracking every result and I'm just looking at the table and I'm like, everyone else did their job except us. <laughs> Classic, classic us. Anyways, this is Warriors Anonymous. My name is Jerry Cronin. We will see you in a week. Go the Warriors! Go the Warriors! (laughs) Let's go! The Newcastle Knights have a minus 131 points differential. And they are in seventh. They're the shit, the Knights, eh? (laughs) Which is kind of weird. Ponga is good, though. But Newcastle just does Who's more handsome, Ponga or Walsh? Walsh. Walsh. (laughs)